0: Hi, Dr. Chapa. Hope you are doing well. Please shine some light of wisdom on this new graduate, six months out. I'm a big fan. Listen to your podcast on a daily basis. So thankful for them. I have a question in regards of ectopic pregnancy contraception. In the fall, I diagnosed a patient with left tubal with the Paragard. The Paragard was removed as it was in the cervix. We used the two-dose methotrexate regimen. We are down to non-pregnant levels. She wants another Paragard for contraception. She tried other methods in the past and didn't do well in them. Just to double check, recent ectopic pregnancy is not a contraindication to Paragard, correct? Just making sure I'm not crazy for placing another one. Thank you. That message comes from one of our podcast listeners, Jessica Walker. And after exchanging some detailed information back and forth on Facebook Messenger, where all good medical information lives... I, of course, thought, you know, I need to get that information out on a podcast episode because it's a very good clinical and relevant question. In the past, IUDs were thought to contribute to ectopic pregnancy. So what would you do? Like Jessica, if you had a patient with an ectopic pregnancy who had a previous IUD in place, although it was extremely low placed, would you go ahead and offer another one or offer her another type of contraception? Do IUDs contribute to ectopic? Well, we're going to answer that in this episode. And it's very timely because just in May of 2022, a publication came out that shed more light on this very topic. So Jessica, it's a great question. Let's get into this issue of IUD use after ectopic. So I'm currently in our gin clinic with one of our upper level residents who, by the way, does a great job. Hi, Anna. Hey. (laughs) So I have a quick question for you. Listen, if you had a patient who had an ectopic pregnancy while wearing an IUD or she had an IUD in place, you take out the IUD because it was actually expelling, you take care of the ectopic, you give her methotrexate, the patient comes back to you, Anna, and says, Hey, I want another IUD. Remember, she's had an ectopic. What do you do with that? Would you give her an IUD? Uh, I guess I would, it would probably depend on how long it had been, but I think she would be appropriate to receive another IUD at some point after. All right, so I'm going to stop right there because that's an actually very telling <laughs> answer. And it's actually very good because historically the answer would have been, oh no, because somehow IUDs predispose to ectopic. That's not the case. I'm going to tell you why this this conversation is very timely in this episode. But, Anna, anyway, thanks for your input. You're welcome. Now, I didn't want to leave you with just one resident's opinion, so I wanted to get another's viewpoint. For somebody in practice, I wanted to get her take on it. So I'm here with Brittany, one of our fantastic PAs in our gene clinic, and I had a question for her, the same one we gave to Anna. Would you place an IUD in this patient? I would. My goodness, how times have changed. Because traditionally, 20 years ago, that would have been no. So Brittany, without prompting, that's why you're so good. Yes, you, you got it correct. She said, is that right? Yes, that's correct. All right, let's get on to the podcast. Just trying to keep everyone up to date on evidence-based practice because medicine moves real fast. This is Clinical Pearls. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. While Anna was right that the IUD is not contraindicated in a patient with a previous ectopic, I did have to correct one thing and I'm going to correct it here. There's no reason to wait after the diagnosis and treatment in order to place the IUD. Once treatment has been initiated, the patient can get the IUD placed immediately. Plus, in this case, the patient probably had an IUD failure because it was already expelling, which dramatically reduced the protection from pregnancy. It's interesting how at times, completely without premeditation, ideas or concepts can get grouped together. Recently, we've had several podcast episodes regarding intrauterine contraception. So this one here is just one more added to that list. This is just a quick disclosure. I do not have any financial disclosures to any form of intrauterine device or intrauterine system. This whole IUD and ectopic issue has really evolved over the last 30 years. I mean, historically, there really was this deep fear that somehow IUDs would cause ectopic pregnancy. Now there is a relationship between ectopics and IUD use, but that's a relationship. It's barely an association and it definitely is not causation. I'm explaining all of that later on in the episode. But it's similar to the whole thing of not placing an IUD in nulligravid women or in adolescents. I mean, that was a thing once. I remember that. I'm not sure if you do. But we were not allowed to place IUDs in adolescents or those who are nulligravid because the uterus was a no-touch zone, right? We just didn't want to interfere with any kind of problem. Well, that was never based on science. It was based on theoretical concerns and fears. So we're going to get into this whole issue about the relationship between ectopics and IUD use. But remember this phrase, relationship doesn't prove association and associations don't prove causation. And that's exactly the issue here when we tackle this topic. But before I get into the IUD-specific data, here's a quick reminder about effective contraceptive use after methotrexate, because that patient had methotrexate use after her ectopic, and thankfully, her HCG levels went all the way back down, so it worked. But in patients that have been exposed to methotrexate, even either as a single-dose or double-dose regimen, it's highly important, especially in that patient population, that they use effective contraception, especially for the first three months, some authorities say up to six months after medication exposure. Methotrexate is currently the only approved medical therapy for ectopic pregnancy, whether it's a single-dose or multi-dose regimen. It's a folic acid antagonist that binds to the enzyme dihydrofolate reductase. This inhibits synthesis of key components of both DNA and proteins, which leads to eventual cell death. Methotrexate is then metabolized to metabolites called polyglutamates, and these are long-lived metabolites these inhibit other folate-dependent enzymes. It's these long live metabolites that theoretically can reside in tissue for a prolonged period of time that makes immediate conception after methyltrexate use potentially dangerous. Now, I hope you caught two very important words that we just stated right there. Theoretically and potentially. I mean, that sounds like a lot of hypothetical stuff, right? Well, it's not just hypothetical. I mean, the metabolism science is real, but we do have some gaps in understanding when is the earliest that pregnancy can be attempted after methotrexate use. There's no established trials that actually recommend a certain timeline of waiting after methotrexate injection. But that's because it's a known teratogen, so those studies will likely never occur. Currently, the best that we have are registries and databases that track pregnancies after recent exposure. Nonetheless, it is expert opinion that an individual should wait at least three months after methotrexate exposure in order to prevent and or replenish diminished folate levels. Concerns about the effects of methotrexate on subsequent pregnancy outcome arise mainly from the potent mechanism of action of the drug and its metabolites on pregnancy, as well as its detection in the kidney and liver even weeks up to months after exposure. Although the half-life of methotrexate is only about 8 to 15 hours, Hours. Its presence in the liver has been reported to last up to 116 days after exposure. Owing to these concerns about methotrexate and its metabolite remaining in some organs and possibly affecting pregnancy or embryogenesis, manufacturers and several sources have arbitrarily recommended that women wait anywhere from three to six months to become pregnant after stopping therapy. And there is some data to that that we're going to share in just a minute. This is why effective birth control is super applicable and very necessary in these cases. So getting back to the question of when is it safe to conceive after methotrexate treatment for ectopic, there is some data that was published in 2009, published in the journal Reproductive Toxicology, that helps answer that question. The title of that publication was The Safety of Conception Occurring Shortly After Methotrexate Treatment of an Ectopic Pregnancy. That's pretty fitting, isn't it? These authors found no pregnancy effects occurring after methotrexate exposure when the pregnancies occurred after six months. That's why the recommendation is preferred by some to wait six months since the exposure happened, but some can cut that back down to three months, saying six months is just too long. Because there's no formal trial that's answered this question, this is why we get the three to six month recommendation, with six being the upper end and three being the absolute quickest that is recommended safely to get pregnant after methotrexate exposure. Again, it's just to be on the safe side. And here's another reason to wait. Waiting at least three months allows for any residual tubal inflammation and remodeling to be resolved. Nevertheless, conception that occurs within three months of methotrexate treatment should not be considered a definitive indication for pregnancy termination, and further targeted fetal anatomy assessment is highly recommended. Well, all of that was just covering methotrexate. Now let's get on to the IUD issue. About 30 years ago, IUDs were thought to cause ectopic pregnancy. In other words, they were thought to be provoking of ectopics or causative in nature. But data has since proved this to be incorrect. But there is nonetheless, as we mentioned earlier in this session, there is a relationship here and we're going to cover this. Because any pregnancy among IUD users is rare, ectopic pregnancy among IUD users is even rarer. (laughs) An IUD does not increase a woman's overall risk of ectopic pregnancy. Let's say that again. An IUD does not increase a woman's overall risk of ectopic pregnancy. In fact, an IUD user's risk of an ectopic is much lower than the risk to a woman who is not using any method of contraception. In the unlikely event of pregnancy in an IUD wearer, 6 to 8 of every 100 of these pregnancies will be ectopic, but the rest of those would be intrauterine. Here's what the numbers actually look like according to published data. Ectopic pregnancy can affect an estimated 2 out of 10,000 women who have a hormonal IUD each year. It affects an estimated 5 out of 10,000 women with a copper IUD each year. In comparison, more than 1 out of 100 sexually active women who don't use birth control at all can have an ectopic pregnancy over the course of a year. You see the differences? So this is a testament to the overall effectiveness of IUDs overall in preventing all form of pregnancies. However, to present the most up-to-date and most current evidence, you know, that's our job here at Clinical Pearls, there is some data that the low-dose hormonal IUS at 13.5 milligrams may not predict a cancer pregnancy as well as the standard dose hormonal IUS at 52 milligrams. So we're going to cover that 2022 data in just a bit proof that IUDs are not causative in ectopic pregnancies has been long in coming over the last really about 30 years especially data that was accumulated from the Choice project we've talked about the Choice project in other episodes that's the fantastic longitudinal contraceptive study that was done at WashU in St. Louis the St. Louis Choice project provided data that women using the Levonorgestrel IUS the copper IUD Depo-Provera, or the eternogesterol implant, even oral contraceptives, contraceptive patches, or the vaginal ring has a significantly lower risk of ectopic pregnancy compared with women using no contraception or barrier methods alone. The Choice Project is one of the largest prospective cohort studies to investigate contraceptive use and ectopic pregnancy rates across multiple forms of contraception. This was published in AJOG in October of 2020, and the title of that publication was Contraception and Ectopic Pregnancy Risk, a Prospective Observational Analysis. And yes, in that data, IUD use or IUS use was not found to contribute significantly to ectopic pregnancy rate. Here at Clinical Pearls, we strive to provide the up-to-date current evidence regarding any topic that we discuss. And in May of 2022, new data came out regarding IUDs or IUSs and ectopic pregnancy relationships. So now we're going to discuss that. But you want to hang out to the end of the podcast because I love how the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists from the UK puts this whole discussion about IUDs and ectopics to rest. So we're going to address that at the very end of the podcast. You want to hang out for that. But for right now, let's cover the 2022 low-dose levonorgestrel IUS data. In May of 2022, COP Connor et al. published a study in the Green Journal investigating methods of hormonal contraception and the protective effects against ectopic pregnancy. This was a large population-based prospective cohort study. Women aged between 15 and 49 years who filled a prescription for a hormonal contraceptive in the Swedish prescribed drug register between 2005 and 2016 were included. For each woman, all exposed women years were allocated to treatment episodes depending on the method of contraception. The overall incidence rate of ectopic pregnancy in the study population was low at 0.28 per 1,000 women years between 2005 to 2016. This was compared with the average approximate incidence rate of ectopic pregnancy of 0.83 per 1,000 women years. The authors found that hormonal contraception lowers the risk of ectopic pregnancy markedly. The incidence rate for ectopic pregnancy among women using a low-dose hormonal IUS at 13.5 mg levonorgestrel, however, was substantially higher than that in women using other types of hormonal contraception. This may be explained by the fact that many women continue to ovulate with the use of a low-dose hormonal IUS and even low-dose oral progestin-only pills. So the authors stated, quote, the results of the current study indicate that the 13.5 milligram levonorgestrel hormonal IUS should not be recommended for women who are concerned about the risk of ectopic pregnancy, end quote. But that doesn't mean that it's causative. It simply means that the low-dose hormonal IUS may not protect as well against it as other forms of contraception. You see the difference? There's one thing to not protect as well against something versus directly causing it, and this study did not prove causation. Nonetheless, the absolute number of all pregnancies in this study was still low. So that's the difference here between relative risk and absolute numbers. Remember, the relative risk may be higher with a 13.5 milligram IUS in place for ectopic pregnancy, but the absolute number is still very, very small. All to say, just to be safe, if any patient is significantly concerned about ectopic pregnancy, then perhaps using the standard 52mg levonorgestrel variety is a better choice than the 13.5mg option. As another confirmation that IUDs are not contraindicated in a patient with a previous history of ectopic is the CDC Medical Eligibility Chart. The CDC MEC does include prior history of ectopic pregnancy. All contraceptives, including intrauterine options, are approved for use in this setting. The IUD or IUS options are category one, which are green-lighted, and only progestin-only pills are listed as category two, Category 2 means that they are still allowed, but there could be potentially a slightly higher risk of pregnancy overall compared to other methods because all POPs don't necessarily suppress ovulation. Now this was for traditional progestin-only pills, not the newer drospirinone-only type, but they probably are very similar in function. So, Jessica and podcast family, as we get ready to wrap this up, I like how the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists from the UK summarizes this issue in their FSRH Guidelines for Contraception After Pregnancy. The FSRH are the Faculty for Sexual and Reproductive Health. Yeah, that's a whole separate other group in the UK. But these guidelines state, Women who have had an ectopic pregnancy should be advised that the IUD is one of the most effective methods of contraception, and so the absolute risk of any pregnancy, including ectopic, is extremely low. Women should be informed that if pregnancy occurs with an IUD or IUS in situ, then there may be a slightly higher chance that that is an ectopic, not because it is causative, but because these mechanisms of action are so good at protecting against an intrauterine pregnancy that pregnancies of other locations should be considered. And remember, as I said earlier in the episode, I learned that key phrase over 15 years ago as I participated in a medical conference that was discussing this very issue. That key phrase is, there may be a relationship between IUD use and ectopics, but that relationship doesn't prove an association, and associations don't prove causation. All right, Jessica, I hope you found that information helpful. And for the rest of our podcast family, we're thankful for you. And we're glad that you're part of our podcast community. We'll see you on another episode of Clinical Pearls.